0: You're listening to In Conversation, the podcast from Creative Coverage, with me, Tim Saunders. Today, I'm with the artist Rowena Comrie, who favours bright and bold colours in her abstract paintings. What drew you to abstraction, Rowena?
1: I particularly enjoy painting so-called abstract because of the freedom it allows and the potential for completely unfettered self-expression. As I'm sure you know, painting and looking are two very different things. And immediately I ask myself, are you asking the question from the looking or making point of view? Because so I love to look at all kinds of painting, not just abstract. So it's abstract that is my favourite kind of method of working. I'll say something a little bit about abstract painting, because I think that was the really important development for painting in the 20th century. because It asked new questions and raised all kinds of fresh ideas, delving into the subconscious where chance occurs. Chance has its chance. And then it's up to the painter to make a decision about those so Accidental happenings, keep it or bin it, and that's what the surrealists like to call objective charm. That's a few of the reasons why I'm
0: attracted to abstract painting. Can I take it that you don't necessarily plan a painting before you begin?
1: Well, that's a, a thing that's developed in my work over the 20 odd years that I've been using this particular technique. I think at first it was new to me to use a squeegee to paint with and paint very, very large paintings, you know, for over 200 metres by 200 metres on the floor using big puddles of liquid paint and um, spreading them across the painting using a screen printer squeegee that's over a metre long. I had to press-gang my son into holding the other end. I couldn't manage it on my own. Anyway, when I first started doing that, it it was such an exciting technique for me just to see. I had no idea what would happen. So every time I did it, it was like a new mystery that was being unravelled in front of me. So, no, I, I didn't plan those because I didn't have enough knowledge of the technique to understand what could happen. But as time progressed and I, I was doing it more and more, I gradually started to be able to control the way the paint behaved. A lot of it is to do with making the paint, mixing the paint to the right consistency. Because if you have put too much oil in, it wrinkles when it dries. And if you put too much terps in, it, it kind of separates. So, I didn't want either of those effects. But I did want the paint to be transparent, I could build up layers. And also, each pigment behaves differently. You know, like a blue will need different quantities of oil compared to a red, say, for example. So I gradually had to learn all that stuff before I could really think, well, this is what I want to do with this painting. These are the kind of marks I want to make. Now I can actually plan them in advance if I want to. And I do do that. Sometimes I, I do that just so that I don't waste paint. I've made some hideous messes over the years and wasted gallons of paint probably just from <laughs> the learning process.
0: Is it more about realising a particular design over feeling? It's a combination of them both, I think. Some of the work I've done has been a direct response
1: to an experience. So I guess you could call that was all about feeling. Some of them are more considered in advance and they're more about how colours work together and trying to achieve specific effects with colours, in which case I do plan them more because I, I want to know if it's going to work before I start. Do you work purely in oils? I've always worked in oils. I did experiment with some acrylics years ago, but I didn't like them personally. I mean, other people seem to do amazing things with them but I I just prefer oils I think they're more flexible do you work all in one go I have to let each color dry before I do the next one I can only really do one color at a time or one area of colour at a time. If they're not overlapping, I can do more than one. If they're going to overlap, I have to wait for the first one to dry. Otherwise, you get a totally different effect, which is not usually the one that I'm
0: after. And are you working on a particular piece at the moment?
1: Yeah, I am actually. I've kind of spent most of lockdown going through old work and trying to kind of rationalise my catalogue, get rid of stuff that's really got no future and rework things that I've never been happy with. But then I kind of got to a state where I just really wanted to do something new. And so I'm working on an enormous triptych at the moment. It's a sort of sense of defiance because goodness knows if I'll ever be able to show it anywhere plus it's very large I've kind of gone into a rebellious mode and just thought right um, I'm just going to do what I really love doing best and never mind that it's completely impractical at the moment.
0: What has been your greatest success? Well
1: it depends how you measure success doesn't it? Completely up to you. Commercially it was um, I was shortlisted for the Aspect Prize in 2011 I think it was and uh, we had a show group show with all the shortlisted artists at the Fleming Collection in London and um, I sold a few paintings for quite large sums of money so yeah that was my biggest commercial success I guess but non-commercial success I think the first large abstract I painted which I've still got in my house I still look at that and think I'm not sure how I did that I could never repeat it I think although it may not be the best painting I've ever done it's my, my one that I'm most proud of because it was such a giant leap for me as an artist I do do other work as well and I work in watercolours I try to make my own stretches. well I, I buy the stretcher wood and put them together and then I stretch the canvas and I my Favourite support is linen because it has such a fine texture, and the transparent colours that I use, you can see that fine texture, and I really like that. So, that's that's first. If I'm just doing something which is more about a response to an experience that I've had, I might decide on the colours that I want to start with maybe two colours or three colours, and I'll mix up some jars of those colours. Maybe I'll do a bit of experimenting on an old bit of canvas to make sure they're the right consistency and transparency. I decide what kind of shape I want to make because I've um, honed this technique now where I I can do squares or circles rather than just letting the paint behave the way it wants to behave originally when I started doing this I just end up with the organic shapes the paint would just behave the way paint does and go where it wanted to go now I can actually control it and make geometric shapes if I want to or circles or anything so I think about the kind of shape that I want to use at best versus what it is that I'm trying to express and that will influence the way I pour the paint onto the canvas that so I pour it in that kind of long stream or in a blob or, or lots of blobs, or whatever then I, I use the squeegee to spread it around. I go off on tangents and get obsessed with other things for short periods of time, get influenced by ideas a lot, like the whole thing with the sublime. I was obsessed with the sublime for quite a long time, trying to find a contemporary way to express um, the modern sublime rather than the Victorian idea of it. But the the abstracts are my main love. That that is what I actually get the most excitement from doing and what the whole point of it is for me. Quite often they come from watercolours. The watercolours are all made in situ outside. So all those watercolours are a direct response to something that's in front of me and I will then quite often use small parts of those as a starting point for a painting and, you know, think back to where I was when I was painting the watercolour so was, you know if it was an amazing view or whatever or experience um, I used to do a lot of the sea when I lived in Aberdeen um, so that whole responding to the sea has been quite a big part of my subject matter
0: over the years You've got helicopters and aeroplanes yeah. uh, that, That's something I hadn't associated you with
1: That was all to do with the contemporary sublime I was trying to think of a way that um, we ha- we, what we have in modern life today that um, inspires the same kind of sensations as would have been what the Victorians might have described as the sublime which for them would have been things like walking on those glaciers in Switzerland or things that inspired fear and awe and excitement at the same time. So I was trying to find something in our contemporary life that made us feel like that. You know, I'm generalising obviously <laughs> because we've explored the world really so it's not the same anymore. And I thought flight is something that most people do at some point in their lives but most people probably don't understand how it works you know how we, how we stay up there in the air. So I thought that that is the same kind of thing where you're you're frightened but you're excited at the same time and then there is there is a lot of danger you know planes do crash people do die is Quite edgy, although we take it for granted, we take it for granted at the same time. So, those paintings, that's what they're about,
0: really. It's very interesting how one idea sort of feeds another.
1: Yeah, I hate to be pigeonholed and I I like to have lots of different ways of painting. The thing about painting abstracts, if you do them all the time, for me anyway, they lose their freshness, they start to get a bit stale, you start repeating yourself and you become aware that that's happening and that's no good then, really. I need to change and do something else. And so, I'll do something that's opposite, which is, you know, more fiddly, detailed work using a paintbrush. Brush on a smaller scale, when I've done that for a while and got really kind of sick of doing that, I'll go back to the abstracts and be totally fresh and excited about them again.
0: How does the digital art fit into that?
1: That was something I did maybe at 2000 or something. It was when Photoshop first was introduced and a lot of people were running courses, you know, how to learn it. So I did one, well and then I wanted to make use it to do some artworks. You know, I'd learned how to use it, and so I found a subject which was Hogarth's Rake's Progress. I thought I'd do a modern take on that, telling the story backwards and using photographs and paintings managed to get some funding to do that because in those days doing digital prints with photoshop took ages like do one alteration the software would take about half an hour to do it you know get that coffee cup symbol come up You go and have a cup of coffee and you come back, it would have made the thing red that you wanted to be red or whatever. So it took days and days. And so, you know, you had to hire the Photoshop suite thing. And, you know, anyway, it was a quite expensive business. I did manage to get funding to do that project. But I don't use Photoshop so much now, mainly because I don't have it on my computer because I can't afford it.
0: You've not been tempted to do iPad art or anything like that?
1: No when I first got my computer I did play about doing portraits of my kids and things but no no <laughs> I, I haven't got the David Hockney kind of mentality for doing that. My favourite paint is Old Holland it has some colours that you just don't get and even if they've got the same name they're different in other makes they've just got a sort of quality about them that I really like. And other makes are available obviously and Winsor and Newton are fine as well the artist quality ones I mean I, I would always say just it's important to use the best quality
0: that you possibly can. What about brushes?
1: for the, for the Figurative work that I do, I like to have good brushes. They're in reasonable condition. I mean, brushes can last a long time if you look after them properly, but they do wear out. So I tend to get seduced by them in art, art material shops just because they're beautiful things. That's a bit fatal, actually. And then you don't want to use them because they're so lovely. <laughs> the longer I've been doing this, the more I've appreciated the quality of the materials that I use. I used to paint on cotton duck, which I'd size and prime, just using white emulsion or something. You know, just stuff that student you, you use when you're a student because that's what you're encouraged to do then because it's more economical. Um, but I've gradually graduated through lots and lots of different qualities of different types of things. And now my favourite linen canvas is the most expensive that you can get. Uh, but it is worth it. It's so worth it. Belgian linen canvas.
0: Sounds uh,
1: pricey. It's very pricey. But if you, I mean, if you buy a whole roll of it and you work out the cost for each painting, it's not so bad. It's just the investment at the beginning but That's the same for all artists. I think you know you have to make all the investment at the beginning, and you yeah. don't know if you're going to get anything back from it financially.
0: Do you have any advice for a young artist setting out in the world at this moment in time?
1: Only pursue it if there's really, if you really feel like if you don't do it, you'll be unhappy all the time. It's got to be who you are, not just something you want to dabble in. Otherwise, you know you're just going to go have years of heartbreak and frustration. But well, you have that anyway. It's worth if it's something you really, really want to do, and it's the only thing you want to do. I would say to other people if they have other options other things they want to do go for the other things
0: how do you decide what genre you're going to work in it's interesting looking at your website that your focus is abstract, but watercolours figurative, they all help you in producing the abstract work. I just wonder how you arrived at that in the the first place.
1: Well, the watercolours, I suppose I got into because they're portable, they're much more portable. You can carry one of those travel sets around with you and just take them out anywhere and do something. I went to Spain for a month on my own and I took watercolours because of that. I think that's when I started using them, actually. That was many, many years ago now. It was necessity, I suppose, and practicality. And the ideas, I, uh, artists' autobiographies and biographies I like to read and um, the ideas that have fascinated those artists. If I like the artworks, then I'll get really into the ideas and maybe want to try them or apply them to my own work. So that that's kind of what's happened as well. I mean, it's probably very obvious in the abstract work, from, you know, the American abstract expressionists. But also the ideas like the sublime, and now lately I've been quite interested in um, surrealism and Dada. That set of ideas, because I think that fed into abstract expressionism as well, because of the way the surrealists delve into the subconscious, which is where a lot of abstract art comes from. I did paint while I was listening to a classical piece of music, and I but I made a decision I wanted to paint responding to the music. The gestures were very rhythmic in tune with the music it's always paint along with the music sort of thing and that was a very interesting experience for me and I quite liked you know I I liked what I'd done but I I quite often have music playing when I'm painting and I think it it does influence me it influenced the kinds of marks I make Mm -hmm. and there are artists who specifically paint about music I mean I've always found that quite a difficult concept because I feel that the way you use your eyes what you're seeing and the language you use to describe what you're seeing is very very different to the language language you use about what you're hearing and how your ears respond to things they're not the same it always used to frustrate me a little bit when people would find them interchangeable you know they'd use the language of music to describe what they were looking at I've never quite been able to accept that but I know people do it all the time so you know I'm sure it's fine jazz is one of those things isn't it people paint talk about it in terms of jazz or symphonies.
0: so do you have a particular type of music that you prefer to listen to while you're working
1: mostly contemporary but some classical I'm a bit lazy I just play the same old things I've been playing for years and years and years mainly because I I don't really keep up with contemporary music it's I don't have time I I don't know when I was younger I used to have time to you know listen to music all the time and go to gigs and things like that but um you know you change don't you
0: at least you've got your memories it's been fascinating learning about you and your art and thank you for sharing your time with me Rowena
1: you're very welcome it's been fun